Hey there, and welcome back to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, generate content, and grow brand awareness. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest today is John Perry. John is VP of Marketing and Communications at AutoGrid, a company that's advancing the energy transition with artificial intelligence. John, thanks for being on the show. It's great to have you here. Thanks for asking me. Our topic today is creating courageous content, and I just want to jump right into that. So first, what does that mean to you, courageous content, and what does it look like? I've been thinking a lot about this, and I recently made a transition to this job at Autogrid. And one of the things that attracted me to this company was really that, that they were practicing what I thought was a pretty courageous communications strategy. I'm attracted to content that isn't afraid to tell the whole story instead of wanting to play it safe or please everyone. And sometimes that can be frustrating in large companies where we have to contend with multiple approval layers and committee work, stakeholders, et cetera. So with AutoGrid, I liked that they were telling more about the energy transition, going beyond it to talk about the climate crisis. And I say climate crisis because I think that's the courageous way to describe it. We don't want to just say climate change. It's a little weak. So climate crisis and also environmental equity and justice involved in that. So we use artificial intelligence or AI software to stabilize the electrical grid with distributed energy resources. So wind, solar, but also smart thermostats, batteries, EVs, et cetera. And when we stitch all of that together, we can dispatch it into the grid when demand surges or when the sun is down or the wind isn't blowing. So we make virtual power plants to replace big polluting peaker plants that traditionally fill those gaps or, or handle that kind of demand. What I love about Autogrid is that they talk not just about the energy transition and emissions, but also the more uncomfortable truth, really, that peaker plants are located and disproportionately impact underserved communities. So it's that kind of part of the story that I think sometimes we would pull back from as marketers or communicators but that we really should be are leading into. So courageous content means, and I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing you here, taking a stand on issues, saying things that people might disagree with or that might come across as controversial, not shying away from that. Am I, am I right? Yeah, I think that's right. We often find ourselves as marketers or communicators in a climate of risk aversion. We have numerous approval layers, numerous stakeholders, and we often create content through committee work that drives towards consensus. And consensus generally means water things down or we make things palatable to everybody. In extreme cases, I think companies fall into a communications landscape that's really all about fear. They communicate from a place of fear, always worrying about the risks and waiting for the other shoe to drop out there in the echo chamber. I worked for a company, for instance, that well over a year into the COVID crisis, didn't want to ever say the word COVID publicly. We said uncertain times, challenging times, but we never said COVID because we didn't want to associate the brand with the pandemic. But the pandemic was all around us. And it's when our customers were 
dealing with. And I think we missed some great storytelling opportunities about how we were actually taking on the challenges of COVID by not wanting to say the word. Another thing that you sometimes hear, I think, in communications and marketing teams is we really have to turn everything to positive statements. Can say there is no way to get there without X. That's a negative statement. Instead, you say X can help you get there. And so I think sometimes we tend to hedge our bets a little too strongly, and we all end up sounding very similar or the same. Okay. And so what you just said, you end up sounding similar or the same. I mean, I was going to, my next question was going to be sort of, why does this matter? What's the problem with kind of playing it a bit safe? And I think you just began to address that, but say more about that. So why, in fact, is this, is this a problem? I mean, one is that you just never break out of the noise, right? We have this kind of herd mentality as corporate communicators and marketers, and we tend to look around and say the things that we know aren't going to get us into uh, hot water. And we often, I think, find ourselves in kind of communications environments that tend to mythologize the great mistakes, right? The story that should never have gotten out, the gaps. We don't hear a lot about risks that paid off. Or if something is put out there as a piece of content, as a message, as a story, and is successful, it becomes kind of inevitable that it was successful. You don't remember or you don't hear much about the courage it took to put it out in the first place. One example I think of in this case would be Satya at uh, Microsoft. You know, when he first started to talk about empathy in the workplace, I mean, that could have really gone over poorly. But we all remember that now as this kind of breakthrough. It's this kind of sea change moment for how we talked about corporations and leadership. And it really took some courage to to take on empathy in an environment that's always about success. You know, let me play devil's advocate for a moment. So I think it's it's no secret, right, that we're living at a time when it's not uncommon for people or businesses to get canceled, quote unquote, right? You say a thing and then next thing you know, the Twitter mob has come after you and they're doxing you and all this. So you can make an argument giving that environment for like, that's just not worth it. We have to be very careful what we say because the risk is too great. So that's my devil advocacy. So how do you respond to that argument? A counterexample is Disney, when it was taken on by cancel culture in Florida, it hesitated in its response. And I think that was a mistake. I mean, it's easy for me to say it from my armchair over here, but I think the hesitation was in some ways more of the story than it needed to be. And I think a stronger, more confident response, a more courageous response would have been preferable. If you actually push the envelope, if you go a little beyond what your competitors are saying, if you see something that may be a slightly uncomfortable truth, but a truth nonetheless, then I think you have the opportunity to really create a sense of mission and pride for your organization. That's huge. And I think we all know that people now look for mission when they look for, for employment. So I think there's a big piece of employer brand that gets a boost from establishing your voice as one that's honest and courageous. Then I think you also keep your content and marketing teams, your communications teams, fresh and inspired. All of those things I think are valuable. Okay. So that's an interesting argument that for, uh, as an employer branding strategy, there can be some value there for morale amongst your teams and so on. What about from, you know, from a business perspective, 
like from a, if you're a public company from a shareholder perspective or, you know, or a company like Disney just has, you know, mass wide appeal to all kinds of people who line up on across the political spectrum, right? This makes me think of famously Michael Jordan. You know, he was famously kind of withheld his opinions about politics and stuff like that. And when he was asked about it, he said something like, well, hey, Republicans buy sneakers too, which is kind of a pithy way of making a business case that like, why risk alienating, you know, a huge segment of the population by taking a stand on some very controversial issue? It could definitely harm your business, I think. At least that was Michael Jordan's opinion. Where do you see the limits to this? Or are, do, are there limits to how courageous you might want to be? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that I, I'm not advocating politics for politics. But what I'm advocating is shy, not shying away from things are true and are relevant and that you have a stake in as a company because you are afraid of of saying something that may not please everyone. You have to know your moment. And I think you have to know why you're saying something. And it has to be true to who you you are, your mission, your brand, and be courageous. And I suppose you have to know your audience pretty well. Our big utility customers run peaker plants. And they want help eliminating the need for peaker plants. But we can also still talk about environmental justice and equity around the the issue, I think, because it's important for us as a company and what we're trying to do to help the energy transition. And I mean, I, in my opinion, I think that the, probably the best business case for what you're advocating is if you want your content to cut through, then you have to say, do something different. And in certain cases, weighing the risks and the, and the rewards that could mean taking a stand on knowing that not everyone's going to agree with you and it might even stir up some controversy. Sameness kills markets and kills customer enthusiasm and engagement. And I think pushing the envelope a little bit, being honest, taking a stand can really, can really make sense, particularly if you know your customers and your business and you know what they want. I'll give you another example. In many of the software businesses that I've worked in, the truism is we don't talk about cyber security because it's like waving a red flag in front of a bull. We don't want to attract the attention of hackers. And there may be truth to that. But the bottom line is hackers are out there and they're paying attention to companies. And particularly when you work in a field like I do, which is critical infrastructure, they're already focused on you. Your customers are worried about this. They read about it in the press. They should look to a software partner a vendor like us, to really be strong and outspoken and courageous around cybersecurity, I believe. I hear you. Well, John, lots to, lots to chew on here. How can, how can folks connect with you? You can reach me on LinkedIn. You can also find me at autogrid, john.perry at auto-grid.com. John, thanks so much for a really interesting conversation. Lots to think about. I'm really glad you were able to make the time. Thank you. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. 
The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.